about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. But if it's switched on and left overnight, the neighbors will complain. Oh, we're in a very, you know, uh, so someone will, ah, what's this weather? There are things that go behind the scene that, you know, we have to work with. All right. So, smell Christ this, this evening. You'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, I promise, I thought last time I had this smell, it was someone who had just finished eating fish in the sanctuary. I nearly killed her. Uh, this is not fish. This is... Uh, yeah, so it will go. All right, can I welcome you into this Wednesday service? I hope you will have a wonderful time in God's presence. Uh, let me take you straight to Proverbs chapter 4. We've been talking about Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Uh, I aim to finish early tonight because we're just dealing with um, things that we've spoken about. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, and I hopefully want to give room to questions. I hope there will be some questions tonight, and if not, then we'll just go home. Uh, Proverbs 24, verse 23, uh, it says, Guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your lives, the source of your life flows from it. Guard your heart. The Living Bible says, above all else, guard or guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. So, over the last four weeks, we have been looking at things that cause depression. I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to attack this topic. Uh, this month because it's shown clearly that this is one of the major issues that have started to invade the body of Christ and the world as a whole. So on Sundays I try to deal with how to overcome depression and then on Wednesdays I try to talk about how depression comes in. So that there's a balance each week that we can take away. Um, and one of the things that I keep saying is we have to learn to shut the back door. We have to shut the back door. As the enemy always wants to find a way to destroy our lives. I also want you not to be oblivious to the fact that everyone fights, battles, confronts, depression, including me and everyone else. And I've said that the greatest preachers and greatest men around the world that have lived and gone have battled depression. It comes to anyone. So although I'm preaching it, I'm also very aware of the fact that I also have to guard my own heart. Um, because 
unlike most of us that we probably deal with two major things in our lives, which is probably our home, work, one or two other stuff, I have to guard my heart consistently because I have no idea what I'm waking up to in the morning. I have a family of over 600 people, and anyone can call at any time. Um, so I have to learn to make sure that I shut the back door. And one of the things I want to encourage us tonight is that the devil knows that if he can keep you sorrowful, then he can keep you from being resourceful. And the aim of the devil is to keep you sorrowful. The aim of the devil is to keep you depressed because there is not one single progress that is made from a sorrowful or a depressed spirit. Proverbs 15:13 says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. The New Living Translation says, A glad heart makes a happy face. So everything starts from your soul, from your mind. He says, But a broken heart crushes the spirit. And that means you're already crushed internally before it shows externally. And most of the time, when you see someone say, oh, you're, you're, you're glowing, it's because something is glowing on the inside. And so that's the reason why we, God technically doesn't want us to spay, spend much attention to what we see on the outside. We spend money on our hair, we spend money on our nails, we spend money on our, on, 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 on our clothes, we spend money on all that. But we can have clothes that has broken your wardrobe and still that won't make you happy. Uh, retail therapy doesn't solve problems. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, what, what makes you joyful? What makes you glow? What actually makes you attractive is what is in your spirit, your soul, in your mind. That's what brings an attraction. People may not pay cognizance to what you're wearing, but they will pay cognizance to how you express yourself. Do you know that there are some people that you find very easy to speak to, very easy to relate to? It, because everything comes from within you. And Joseph was a self-encourager. So this is where we're getting down to some nitty-gritty things because many people are looking for people to encourage them and that's where the battle is lost. We have to learn to encourage ourselves. David encouraged himself in the Lord, not the people who were around him. He carried them for years. And still, when trouble came, they thought of stoning him. You can carry people for years. And one, one issue, one mistake, they want to discard you. You can fund or help someone financially for years. And one day when you say no, you become their enemy. They forget every single thing you do. Pastoring is absolutely like that because as a pastor you are only one second away from a bad perception 
people quickly will forget what you have done. And so the Bible says that even Joseph learned to encourage himself. David learned to encourage himself. Joseph in particular, which I love to pay attention to for most of my entire life. He was so full of joy that he went about encouraging other prisoners and interpreting their dreams for them. He, he was the only prisoner who never knew the meaning of depression. And, and see how he marched out of prison straight to the palace. A self-encourager. And so over the last four weeks, we've been talking about the back door, how the devil comes in, what are the things that he brings in to bring depression. First thing I mentioned was unproductive entertainment, where we spend too much TV, too much partying, too much stuff. I spoke about going to places where, where you're technically not sure what kind of spirits you're dealing with. Uh, we have the controversy of the carnival and all those kind of stuff that places where we go to that looks harmless but you're not strong enough to guard your heart and it ends up in disaster. We spoke about unproductive relationships, relationships that drain you and you're still in it. We spoke about unproductive hurt and unforgiveness last week and that when this place went wild with that. The, the, one of the ways the devil comes in to cause depression is when you have unforgiveness and undissolved, or what I would say, unresolved hatred, malice, and issues. I spoke about unproductive stress, either academic or work-related. I spoke about unfortunate traumatic events can bring depression, like death, like loss of a job, like long-term unemployment, uh, like a broken relationship. Uh, you need to be aware of that. I spoke also about unproductive environments where children or people or some of us might have grown up in a family where there's an absent father, absent mother, or the two of them are together and it was chaos in the house or, or parents who divorced and all that. The whole environment someone grew up with was so unproductive and is a shoot-off of depression that some people are confronted with. Then I spoke about what I call unsupplementary factors like hormones, like, you know, people say I get depressed because I'm going through a period or uh, my hormonal changes, menopause and all that kind of stuff. I spoke about poor nutrition, drugs, caffeine. Tonight, I want to round this up by quickly speaking about a final point. I call it unbalanced focus. Unbalanced focus. This number eight is called unbalanced focus. So the book of Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs still chapter 4 and verse 25 to 27, it says, keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. He says, know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. Keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. 
know where you're headed and you will stay on solid ground. Verse 27 says, don't make a mistake by turning to the right or to the left. The good word verse says, let your eyes look straight ahead of, or ahead, and your sight be focused in front of you. So the greatest skill anyone can acquire in God and in the world is the skill to avoid distraction. The greatest inroad of depression, or probably one of them, I sometimes find it difficult to rate them, but one of them is unbalanced focus. Is what I call distraction. Distraction. One of the main ways to live skillfully is the ability to focus. And can I say this, that everyone is going to have to face this challenge. We get depressed because we focus on the wrong things. When Elijah focused on the wrong things, he went into depression and suicidal thoughts. A great man as Elijah. I met a guy during the financial meltdown in 2008. I went to bless his office. Uh, and he, he blessed me. He had a successful business that he's built over a couple of years. And he said that the main thing that has kept him in business during the financial meltdown is focus. He says, I will never get involved in a business that is not my business. Focus. Focus. While every other place was shutting down, every agency, every building site, every uh, uh, other stuff around was shutting down, he said, I am still prospering because I focus. I have been dragged so many times into other business that is not my business and I've learned to say no. It's called what I call diabolical distraction. And this is one of the things that killed the young prophet when the old prophet says you can eat. But he says, God said to me, don't eat. He says, no, you can eat. Because God just said to me, you can eat. Distraction. Because God said to him, speak to the king and leave immediately. And one of the major things that, 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 that affect us is exactly like that young, young prophet. He just was distracted. And what happened was he ate, was going by the wayside. A lion came out, killed him, didn't eat him, sat beside him. And the old prophet came picked him up, buried him, and says that's what, that's what happens to someone who doesn't hearken to the voice of God. That's what the old prophet said. It's in the Bible. When kings lose direction, they become servants. The world always makes way for the man who knows where he is going. Distraction. Distraction can bring depression and can pull someone down. Unfortunately, in the news yesterday... We heard about Bill Cosby. At 81 years, has now been sentenced to between 3 to 10 years in prison. 
That, that's the legal stuff. We haven't even spoken yet about the civil suit, which will totally financially ruin him. Because they will bring a civil suit. And they will win because once you are found sentenced and found guilty, it's easy when the civil case comes. And that means all the inheritance that he's supposed to leave for his children and children's children is deleted just like that. It, it, it grieved my heart. And it's so much grieved my heart because you can get away with something for a very long time. And the Bible says the sin is at the door. It grieved. I loved the guy. I absolutely loved you. I grew up that that's actually how a family should be. Of course, that's I mean, come on. I mean, I, after a while, I knew this, this ain't, this ain't, come on. But, 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 but he was an adorable man. But then he got distracted. They were doing an interview about a guy, Chris Tucker. He was in one of these trilogy films uh, with Chucky Chuck, Rush Hour, you understand? And they asked him just yesterday, today, says, so if you talk, the, the, the interviewer said, if you need to talk to young Chris Tucker 40 years ago, what would you say to him? And he says, just focus. He says, the beauty about my life was that I quickly knew I wasn't academic, but I knew how to make people like, laugh. So I stayed on that path. Focus. He says, and then he ended with the interview by saying, I just knew along my journey, they said, what is the greatest decisions? that you?" He says, the decisions of saying no to a lot of things. And it touched my heart. Because even as a pastor, sometimes I struggle with saying no. Because there are some things that I really shouldn't get involved in. You get involved in it, it causes distraction, you get depressed. Because when you can't achieve something, you get depressed. I was just still sharing with uh, Carla this evening and, and, and sharing with Tony because she just totally just, totally just blanked out my appointment. She said, you just need to settle down. So, but I still came in very early. And I walked myself off today doing things I supposed to do just for a change. And by the time they came in this evening, I showed them a list of 14 things I achieved today, which I wouldn't have. I was just crossing them off as I was doing it, just crossing them off. Because sometimes we're so busy doing too many things that we don't do anything at all. And then when we now make an assessment, we'll say, what have I done with my life? In fact, the Bible even says that he said in the book of um, Songs of Solomon, he says, I have taken care of my brother's business and I've left my own backyard undone. Distraction are intrusions of the mind to bring confusion. Distractions are intrusions of the mind that bring confusion. Because when your mind is invaded with distraction, it produces confusion. 
Joseph prospered as a slave in the prison because even in the midst of the lonely valleys of rejection, he stayed focused on his dream. Sometimes, God's blessing is tied to where you are and not where you want to go. Are you hearing me? Is anyone hearing me tonight? Sometimes, God's blessing is tied down to where you are, not where you want to go. And many times we're trying to go somewhere where he has not ordained. Because we are restless in the prison that's supposed to take us to the palace. God said to, he said, okay, God didn't say, 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 say it to him. But it was clear that it was God who says, Joseph, it's not time yet. Don't tell the butler to help you get out of this. Don't bribe him. Because you interpreted a dream. Did you not remember that the dream came from me? You couldn't have interpreted the dream if it wasn't for my gift. But the dream, the gift is not supposed to make you famous sometimes. Or now. Ah. Yes, you, you, you did one or two shows and you helped one or two people and they wrote some certain comments about, sit down. It's not time yet. Because if you... If you go now, you will still be a free slave. But if you wait for my timing, you will be a free prime minister. And there's a difference. Oh, trust me, I go through the same thing. I want to do this, I want to clear this, I want to be there, I want to do this, I want, I want everything to be done now, 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 now. But sometimes God is saying, stay there. There are things I wanted to achieve this year. And God, mm, no, because if you achieve it, you will have a minimal experience of success than a maximum output a year after here. And the major reason why we get depressed is because we want to go there now. And so this is, I've left this to the last point because every other thing we may have control over, one of these things that we have to fight for is focus. What are you focused on? And I want to just give you two things you need to change. Change your focus. For Second Corinthians, please, the Good News Bible, if you can find that. Good News Bible. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, for we fix our attention. You can't find the Good News Bible? For we fix our attention. It might be on the, on the internet. You might have to get it there. For we fix our attention... Not on things that are seen, but things that are unseen. Now that is a change of focus. We fix our attention. Not on things that are seen, but on things that are unseen. What can be seen lasts only for a time. But what? cannot be seen last 
forever. For we fix our attention not on things that are seen. That is the challenge of staying joyful and not sorrowful. You have to fix your attention on things that are not seen because if you fix your attention on things that are seen, you will lose focus. He said, for the cross that was set before him, he what? He endured the cross. So the things that were seen for the disciples was come down from the cross. He also wanted to come down from the cross. He was in pain. He was in agony. But he was seeing what everybody else was not seeing. Salvation over generations and generations and millions and billions of people to come. And what we normally try to do is we want people to see what we're seeing. And people may not be able to see what you're seeing. I knew God was going to give us a building many years ago. So I started saving from the day worship tabernacle started. I started putting nearly 40% of our income apart. It created a problem because the turnover of staff was pretty bit high. Because they wanted to receive a salary that was due to them. And I do appreciate that. But I knew that if I stay in this vented place, one day they're going to kick us out. So I didn't get a salary. I paid someone a salary to be my PA and all that kind of stuff. And there were people coming in and said, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it. And then they would say, but there's money in the account. The money in the account is for things that I see in the spiritual realm, but not the things that you see right now. So they were seeing money in the account. I was seeing a building. And it was painful when people decide to leave you because of your vision. But to God be the glory. When he came, the vision was for an appointed time. Depression, write it down, comes quickly and only to people who lack vision. Because when you have vision, you will have problems. But the problem is not regressive or stagnant. It is a progressive problem because the vision, it may tarry, but it will always come to pass. The reason that people get depressed in marriage is because there's no vision. We review the vision of our home every single time. What is the next thing we're going to do? What is the vision? What do we have for the vision? Why do we need to do this? Share this many, 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 many times in church. How my wife just ends way beyond I did. But it was like I confiscated all the money. As she was working, so she was producing. Like, no. Because there was a vision. So she was only receiving out of any time. I mean, how can you just take, have a take home of 2,700 pounds and all you're entitled to is 100 pounds? Many of you will flip 
In fact, you will just, you, you're looking for the next counselor who will say, no, it's better for everybody to have their own separate accounts. Because you lack vision. But there was a vision. The vision was, if I could achieve what I achieved on my single salary, then we need to save your salary because the next place we want to go, we should still pay the same amount of money we're paying on the mortgage care for the big house that we want to be able to go into. It's a vision. And then, as we're talking about it, time goes very quickly. So, let's put this money here. Let's put this money. Let's invest in here. Let's invest in here. We didn't realize that years down the line, the vision will speak of itself. And many of us don't have a vision. Even if you're not married, what's the vision for your life? Is your vision to get out of debt? Is your vision to be able to buy a property? Even if you're still living in your mom's house, buy and rent it out. What's your vision? Is your vision to drive? Is your vision to learn to, to increase your skill? What's the vision? Because if you don't have the vision, depression is the next thing that will occur. People, kings, as I said this, kings that lose direction become servants. Cosby lost direction and he is now an 81-year-old prisoner. And at the twilight of his age, we're supposed to be celebrating a great man. And nobody knew that quickly, 35 years, 40 years, just will go like that. From when they started, the Cosby family, is it the Cosby family, isn't it? I have no idea what it was. I just enjoyed it. Till now, have you seen how those years just went by? Just like that. Just like that. You've got to change focus. Because if you don't change focus, things will happen to us so quickly that we will not know what hit us. It's not what's happening to you now or what has happened to you in the past that determines what you become. It is what you choose to focus on. The reason why we're depressed is we choose to focus on the negative things. We focus on the hurt, hurt of the past. We focus on what is happening now. But if we have a vision and we focus on what is in future, you are tell you depression will lead because what you focus on gets bigger. Genesis chapter 29 verse 20, the Bible says and Jacob served and Jacob served seven years for Rachel and Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Many of you have heard the story. They said serve for, for Rachel seven years. He served Laban for seven years. By the time we got married, they gave care him Leah. And then they had to say, well, you have to serve another seven years. So he served 14 years. The Bible says, but for the seven years, the latter seven years, it looked like days. Do you know what seven years is? Seven years. Seven years. Seven times three hundred and 
65 days excluding a loop year. How much is that? Let me forgive. Let me leave you. It's not a math class. Uh, 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 oh, oh, you times seven by 52 weeks. But then you can now times that by 24 hours in a day times 365 times seven. And maybe you should go to seconds. Maybe that will help you. That he, and the Bible says it looks like but a few days. You know why? Focus. This is focus. He knew I'm going to get you. You cheated me. But you know what? I will not focus on what you did to hurt me. I will focus on what I'm going to. I will not focus on that unforgiveness. I will focus on the gift of forgiveness I give myself because of where I'm going. I'm not going to focus on the fact that you sold me out. You sold me out. You betrayed me. I will focus on God. I will not focus on the fact that you decided to throw me in the pit to kill me. I will focus on God who gave me the dream. And so when his brothers, when he met his brothers later on, he didn't focus on the hurt. He just said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But if he was in prison, depressed, he would have committed suicide because his brother sold him out. I remember in my life, there was a time, and I need to be sensitive as I share this story, there was a time I was sold out, hurt, absolutely betrayed. Absolutely betrayed. It was bad, it hurt me. It was close home, but it hurt. It hurt because where I was, I didn't have the opportunity as much as the person who hurt me. If I had the same access, you won't do that. You know when you confide in someone, and before you get there, they've gone before you and messed the whole thing up, and taking it to themselves. I, 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 I was hurt. And it was in church. And I looked at myself. I said, I know right now I'm less than both of you who have colluded together. And you're in, but I will let it go. Did I hurt? Yes. Did I speak to the person almost immediately and laughed? No. Did I laugh at them after a week? Absolutely not. After a month, did I call to them and hold? No, he didn't. No, I did not. Of course, I, I had to let God massage forgiveness into my life. It took a, bit, a wee bit. But if I've seen them struggling on the road, I will help them. I may ease at them, but I will still help them. <laughs> I'm not sure if the help will be a hair. Can I use this word? I hear this. My mom or dad say this. Hair. God catch you. I'm not sure if that's what I would say to help them, but I'm sure I will help them. I'm sure I will help them because I will feel that if I don't, something evil will come to me, so I will help them. But after a while, I said to myself, you need to move on. I kept serving. I kept doing what was right. But today, today I can look back and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, one day, I did something for this person 
and his wife and that person, they were just crying. And I looked back and said, God has now placed me in a position above what they hurt me with. In which I can now say to them, you're suffering, you're struggling, take this money. If I had focused on the hurt, God won't place me in this position. You've got to change your focus. Many homes have been broken up because they focused on the wrong thing. Oh yes, he hurt you. Oh yes, she hurt you. But you've got to change your focus. Because God must have brought you together for a reason. There must be a reason why that happened. God wanted to teach me that when I now fall into a position here, I will be able to handle multiple of hurts and stabbing and you can still keep moving. Many of you are 10 years backwards from where you're supposed to be. Because as much as many have moved on, you're still in prison of what hurt you. It's called change of focus. So Jacob looked at Laban and said, don't worry. You have this opportunity because you are higher than me. But he still focused on what he wanted to get. Because if, if, if I was Jacob, huh, I would look at Laban and say, you, Rachel, Leah, Keep them. That, that's the biblical way of saying it. You know those words uh, don't, won't technically come out like that. I remember when I was getting married to my wife and they gave me a bride 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 list. A list. Uh, and then they put cash in there that I need to pay. I looked at her. And when I finished reading, I just gave it to her. I said, sort it out. One word. I said, how? I said, marry your family with their bride price. Or my, uh, I, I'm not paying this. So I called her sister. I said, I think your sister, I think we've broken up. I said, what? I said, you and your whole family can marry her. I'm not paying that. Because if I pay that, she'll be a slave for the rest of her life. Do you want? I'm not paid. I don't have the money. She organized the whole thing. So if I was in Jacob's shoes, that's not what I would have done. To now work another seven years. For who? <laughs> oh no. But it would have been a monumental mistake because where he wanted to go was not yet time to go there. Because you know, when he stayed another seven years, God now said, I saw them change your wage ten times. It's now time to bless you. The same guy that cheated him out of Rachel was the same place he received his blessings to the extent that when he was going back, he sent three sets of cattle to Esau and Esau was like, "Ah, where is this coming from? The Bible says he was the richest man in the east. From being a slave, working 14 years. When it's your time, it's your time. But you've got to change your focus. Because if you don't change your focus, we will entertain depression and we'll only focus on that. And then number two, you've got to change your priorities. 
change your priorities. Priority is something given or meriting attention before competing alternatives. Let me explain what I mean there. Priority is, I give priority to this man before I allow any other thing to compete against it. I give priority to my life. I give priority to prayer. I give priority to worship. I give priority to reading the Bible before anything competes against it. The tragic thing is we, we really don't live a life of a soldier. We haphazardly live a life. If you ask how many people prayed this morning, none. How many people read the Bible? Maybe none. Because it's not a priority. Why would I want to go home every single night? Because my wife is a priority. It's whatever you give priority to. There are times that I have to shut down appointments because I got a phone call from my son. It's a priority. And I'm not going to grow up as other pastors and I've seen that happen before where they were doing a, 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 a funeral for, for a pastor. Everybody said good things and the children said they went back home and while they were at home and you know people were all over the house, they looked at each other and said to their mom, who exactly were they talking about? They didn't recognize the man everyone was talking about. Who are you giving priority to? He didn't give priority to his family. He gave priority to his church. To his business. He gave priority to his career. And many of us are missing life out because of what we give priority to. Wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. Pretty, or sorry, petty and mundane things steal too much of our time and we finish living for the wrong reasons. Petty things. Are my priorities in order? Because if you don't get your priorities straight, then you will allow circumstances and other people to set your priorities for you. You've got to have a goal. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to be able to say this and this and this and this are the things I'm doing and get it straight. So when somebody comes to you and this is this makes me cringe most of the time because when someone comes to you and say, oh, can you do this thing? You will quickly leave everything you're doing because your priorities are not straight. One day I was counseling someone. I was doing, the, doing her finances uh, and, and, the, and then we finished and then the following month it was a review and then she said oh pastor hey, I, I, I've got to tell you something I said, uh, so, so, so what uh, I, I have to take 400 pounds to do what oh because uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bridesmaid uh, and, 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 uh, uh, and, and, and everybody's buying the dress and, 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 and then we're going to do uh, what do they do for girls is it hen night do, do you do Hindu. Is it for girls too? Hindu? Hindu, stupid Hindu. <laughs> stupid because it's foolish. It doesn't fall in your priorities. And I said to her, I said, the challenge is the devil will always bring legitimate reasons why you should illegitimize 
your vision. There's no priority that I am getting out of debt. 400 pounds. So every single month, if someone comes in with a 400 pounds demand, bam, it's gone. And in 10 months, 4,000 pounds just gone. And you're in debt, 4,000 pounds on your credit card. It's a lack of priority. So you didn't give yourself priority, but you gave someone else your priorities, and that person is going to use you for their own achievement. It's happening in all our lives. Did I say don't sow into people? Of course, did I say don't sow into people's life? I said it on Sunday. But there has to be priorities. We're wandering around. People will make their own priorities your own priority. I'm a pastor. I understand that. Everybody thinks their problem is number one. They think you don't have any issues you are not dealing with. And then they bastardize you. They destroy you because they say, hey, that's what we're talking about, pastors. They don't have time for anybody. He also is a human being that has a wife, that has a family, that has other stuff that he needs to do. So also you. It's a priority. And people will come and ask for the money that you can't even spend on yourself. <laughs> Thank you for that confirmation. <laughs> And we really got to get this right. And then when they have taken it, listen to where I'm going, Pastor, why are you saying this? It's because when they have taken it and you don't change your priority, you feel depressed. Because you are bottled into it or you are, uh, uh, I'm looking for this word, uh, uh, blackmailed into it. And the only reason why they can get you every single time is there's no priority. I don't have the money. That's what you say. I don't have the money. Hey boy, you're walking. Then you go and walk too. Get ready to get rid of friends. I don't have the money. I am not doing it. No priorities. That's why we'll go onto TV and just watch a Christian channel. Say 24 hours miracle. And you're all foolish to do that. Have you ever asked yourself? Come on. Can God do a 24 hours miracle? Absolutely. But he doesn't need you to give him money to do that. 24 hours miracle. If all of us are getting 24 hours miracle, you think I would be standing here? I'll be somewhere else. Even I will go to the moon. You know people are going to the moon. I'll be a billionaire to go. 20, 20, 24 hours miracle. So say right, right, right now. So, 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 someone is sitting there. And as you switch on the TV, you had already finished crying. You're talking to one million people. Somebody has just finished crying. Somebody. So, somebody. It's just like I'm sitting down here and say, hmm, 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 hmm. Somebody came in this evening and had a bad day. Ha! Huh? <laughs> but, 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 if you just sow a seed of 24 pounds in 24 hours, 24 miracles will come to you. 
it's me. We all, we all had a bad day. Who didn't have a bad day? Lack of priority. If you don't have, give out of your credit card. Is there any time that we become sensible? Seriously. Is there any time we become sensible? And then you will now start writing, hey, he has a jet, he has this, he's going, yeah, because he's, he, he, he was able to take money out of people who don't have priority. I see it and I get blessed. And after you finish with your, finish the, if God didn't lay it on my heart and God didn't lay it on my heart, before I start watching it, ain't nothing going to happen. One day I just opened the door and said, there's a pastor who just changed channel. I was just on there. I said, yeah, that's me. And God is saying from your ministry, give 3,000. I said, I, I think he's speaking to the pastor next door. Not for, for what? But if you ask me how much money we've sown into other people's ministry, you'll be shocked. Less than a month. It's not even three weeks. I was praying upstairs. God says, sow this money. I'm like, no. He says, sow. That's the end of prayer. I, I said no and I kept praying. Nothing was happening. It didn't go from here to even half year. It didn't even reach. Because at that point in time, heaven shot. I've given you an instruction. So immediately I said, okay, God, we're going to do this. And we did it. And then I started praying. In fact, my prayer was less than 15 minutes after that. Because you know what? When you obey God, heaven opens almost immediately. But you didn't have to force me to do it. Heaven spoke to me. Because my priority is hearing the voice of God than the excitement of man. And then we do it. And then after 24 hours, no. After 48 hours, you still went back to the same job and the day was worse than when you sold the 24 pounds. And then you're depressed. Got to have priorities. Dismiss wandering. Ecclesiastes 6, 9. Let me finish here. It says, it is better to enjoy what we have than to always want something else. Because that makes, us, that makes no more sense than chasing the wind. Stop roaming after everything. What you focus on will produce results. Stick to what you're called to do. Because until you stick, you won't be thick. You've got to learn to stick to it. God said to me, change young people's life. So if you're coming here to hear an anointing and sawdust come down, or you compare me to one person who's going to give you a fearful prophecy, it's not going to happen. That's not what God called me to do. Yes, I may not look as spiritual as your down-the-road Pentecostal heaven has come ministry, but I know what God has called me to do. I just know it. I stick to it and to God's glory, I am being invited all over just because I'm sticking to what he said. God just said to me, sit down. That's the reason why I haven't traveled or preached or been absent from church. He said, sit down. And over two years, I have been in church sitting down and I've seen why he said sit down. He said sit down. Oh, pastor, pastor doesn't go out. He said sit down. When he says go, then you'll see another man behind the pulpit with a white belt and no hair 
uh, it, it's his time to sit down. But when, even if I have to go out, one message change lives, shape lives. Simple message, three points. If you don't get anything from it, that's your own bad luck. That's all God has told me to do. Everywhere I go, if it's a funeral, same message. If it's a, a baby dedication, same message. If it's a wedding, same message. And there's a different flavor that God brings to what I do because I stick to it. For some people, God gives them miracles to do. For some people, they wisdom. For some people, there's finances. they financial gurus. Actually, those are the ones I'm skeptical about so much because now I've seen so many financial gurus who preach, who teach finances and they're zero. Whoa! Zero! And I go, but you preach this, you sell books. What is happening? Because sometimes we go for what is attractive than what is effective. Stop roaming after everything. Your friend, God may call them into property. Sit down with the one you have. Keep doing your fashion design. Whatever God calls you to do, sit down with it. It may not be as fast as your neighbor, but the way they will crash, you will still be going on. When you don't know where you're going, you go nowhere. And there are people who want to be everywhere at once and they get nowhere. Pastor, what is your conclusion? It doesn't matter where you are today. God has marked you out for a colorful future. So don't sell off to sorrow. Don't give in to brokenheartedness. Everything that looks like a downward trend today is an upward thrust in disguise. That situation that looks like a stumbling block today is only a stepping stone for your next face of glory. So don't abandon ship. Stick with it. When you stick with it and you focus, God will start to turn it around. Focus. 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 Because the, one of the ways the devil brings in depression is what I call unbalanced focus. We focus on the negative and not focus on the positive. Not focus on what God has done. Not focus on that you've got good health. Not focus on, on that God is about to bless you. Somebody walked in and I was ministering to them and, and they were saying, this child, this child, this child, this child, this child, this is, doesn't sleep, it doesn't do this and all that. And I said, when last has you taken this child to the hospital? When last? Tell me. Ah. I said, the fact that you cannot even remember shows how God is merciful to you. Because last Wednesday, I left church with my wife, as we were about to get home, a phone call from my mother, who says, oh, pastor, just pray for me, I'm in hospital. I said, what hospital? And my wife said, okay, we'll pass. What hospital is she in? And she mentioned the hospital. I said, okay, we're coming down. And she busted out crying. She cried so much, I could hear her driving with the music on. Because it wasn't her first time. Neither was it her second time. Neither was it her twelfth time. I God, why? And here you have one. You're talking about, you've never taken that child to the hospital and you're complaining. 
is because of what you focus on. It's an unbalanced focus. And you're about to go into depression because you have an uneven focus. Change your focus. Change your priorities. And you will shut depression out of your life. Amen? Did you get anything from it? Okay. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.